Hello friends, I'm so glad to have you here today with me on my Not Afraid of 50 podcast. Uh, Today my podcast is going to look a whole lot different than normal. I normally talk about my weight loss journey, my lectin-free weight loss journey of 112 pounds and how I restored my health with food and my journey, but today it's going to look a lot different. (laughs) I recently made a, a... left a comment on Mike Signorelli's Instagram page on his post and the floodgates were open for me to do a podcast on marriage and I basically just kind of left in the comments that I wanted to please God in my marriage at more than I wanted to feed my flesh. And it was so important. And that is what held my marriage together. So let me just kind of paint the scenario for y'all. Everybody has struggles and some, some of us have a season where maybe things aren't going so well. So I'll just paint you my, what I was going through. So you can kind of see the whole overall picture of what was really going on. Okay. So, um, we adopted this child, um, when he was four. And like I said, we've been married 32 years. Uh, So that was a while back ago because this child is now in his 20s. Anyway, this child um, had medical needs and he also um, was very mentally ill. But we did not know when we adopted him at age four how mentally ill he was. But year after year I was packing him up taking him to counselors my life was not my own all the way from age four all the way to 18 he was in hospitals treatment centers when everybody else was out mowing the first grass of the spring and all the flowers started blooming and the grass started smelling good from the freshly cut lawns I was packing another suitcase up in a trunk of a car to drive miles and miles and miles to get this boy some help. And he was just, he was so misdiagnosed. And that would be another podcast in itself. But later on, we found out (laughs) by the time he was aged 18 through an MDR session, EMDR, (laughs) oh, that he was, he had post-traumatic stress disorder. And that's what we had been dealing with from age four to 18. And we did not know it. And he was very, very, uh, very the worst things that you can think of that happened to him was allowed by his parents so they could have drug money and so we were raising a sex trafficked child anyway so the devastation of me finding out what had really happened to him um i was exhausted because this kid was uh he was a handful and like i slept with one eye open so i had all of that going on and then my husband got bit by a tick and he almost died on me three years in a row. Uh, He got really sick from the initial tick bite. They misdiagnosed him. He almost died from the tick bite. And then um, a year to date later from the tick bite, he was 94% blocked in the Widowmaker and had a stent. A year exactly later, 84% blocked in the same spot and had a second stent. And he had a slew of problems from that tick bite. So just to let y'all know, like, That was several years of trauma and stress and then more trauma and stress and it led up to this moment 
Um, and I had just had a conversation with my husband before he got sick. It seems like everything was always happening around us. Um, we've never been empty nesters and, uh, um, this child just required so much from us. You know, at this point he's a young adult and he's still requiring more than ever. Actually, he was kicking our butts like emotionally, physically, like you name it. And this child was doing it to us. So, uh, anyway, um, I had made the comment to my husband, you know, we need to start making time for us, you know, you know, we need to have some intimacy. Um, one day, you know, it's right around the corner and we're going to both find ourselves old and we're going to look back and we're going to have regrets for not spending time with each other. And so I just had that conversation and, and then it wasn't long at all then my husband got bit by that tick and it just everything just happened so I painted the picture of the stress I don't know what your stress might be somebody may have lost a job somebody may have gotten ill um, you know a lot can happen in 32 years or 30 years or 20 years or 25 years <laughs> a lot can happen and we have good seasons and sometimes we have not so good seasons but no matter what season we're at, we know that the Lord is going to see us through. So now that I've painted this picture of exhaustion, and I mean pure exhaustion, <laughs> I wanted to tell you that the devil's up to the same old tricks. He is up to the same old tricks. If you look back at the Garden of Eden, he always tries to paint a picture of a fantasy. God said, do not touch the fruit of this tree do not go near the tree don't bother the tree don't taste of the tree don't go to the tree but then he had to create a fantasy you know um well god doesn't want you to to be to know everything he doesn't want you to take a bite of this because then you'll be like god and you'll you will you'll know everything you know or however it was worded i'm terrible about wording word for word but he created a fantasy okay so what happened to me one day is uh i was fed up you know um my husband was uh he was short with me he was snappy he was grouchy um, there was a lot of times he wasn't kind. Um, I know he was not feeling good. I know he was on medications. Um, and you know, I'm there picking up all the pieces, you know, I'm doing the housework, I'm doing the yard work. I'm going to work my part-time job and I'm still juggling this kid who's got post-traumatic stress disorder, who has become a drug addict at this point. <laughs> and life was not easy and one day I just remember being at work and I thought you know what why have I never looked at another man and then all of a sudden it was just like BAM like instantly I just felt differently I think what happened was I kind of opened up a gateway or a portal or something to allow something to come in because really truthfully I have never like my husband you know only eyes for him and um all of a sudden, um, you know, a fantasy started to be created. Someone approached me and, you know, acted like they were interested in me. They were a longtime friend. Um, I worked with them for many years. 
and I already had love in my heart for this person. And so, uh, because he was my friend. And so the answer from God was, of course, no, because I'm a married woman and I wanted to please God. But somehow my mind got stuck in this fantasy. And this is where the devil takes off and he runs with you. Because if he can hold you in a fantasy long enough and you're still making contact with this person because you either work with them or you have to deal with them in some sort of way or they're your friend or whatever it is, um, (coughs) you get stuck in this fantasy. And then the next thing you know, if you're still having conversations or whatever, you have done found yourself having an emotional affair. And God says, if you do it in your heart, then you have done it, you know. And if you're having an emotional affair, it's in your heart, it's in your brain, it's in your head. And the whole thing is, it was created upon a fantasy. Like, someone can just be nice to you when someone at home is not being nice, when someone's being short, snappy, You feel like they're bringing you down. You feel like they're sucking your energy from you. You know, like your vibes do not feel good anymore when you're around them. You love them, but you don't like them. (laughs) That's where I was at. So what I want to say is don't get caught up in a fantasy because that's what the devil first tries to do. He tries to use that fantasy to keep you from being in the moment, to keep you from being in real time to keep you from being present with your spouse. If you are not present with your spouse and you are off in la-la land playing this fantasy in your mind to escape, then you are never going to solve any issues and you're going to find yourself getting deeper and deeper. And so God said no. And so I listened. But then I still was in the fantasy I wasn't ready to stop the fantasy and I prolonged my agony and my pain because the what ifs, the what ifs. So then, um, I've never done this before in my life, but then you find yourself drifting off, you know, you want something to feed the fantasy. So I started looking at horoscopes and boy, the horoscopes knew exactly what to say to me because they are, it's witchcraft. Satan is the prince of the air and he is leading the witchcraft. Of course, he knows what needs to be said to you. Of course, he knew what to bring to me to the beginning, you know, like someone that I had already cared about, someone who I admired, someone who I had love for. So he knows what to tempt you with. He knows, he, he knows, um, he doesn't care about you. God knows us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, He made us exactly how he wanted us to be. And he loves us so much. He knows uh, how many hairs we have on our head every moment, every second, every hour, every, every second of the day. (laughs) That's how intimate God is. And he wants to love us and take care of us and guide us and keep us safe. And he wants us to listen. So our life is not hard. He wants us to listen. So we can have a joy in our life and live abundantly and live a long time. And he wants to, he wants us to have a good life. And if we follow his will, his choices for us are better than any decision that we can make for ourselves. And he loves us so much that he put us here, breathed 
life into us and still gave us a choice. He gave us our choices. It's to accept him or reject him and to abide by his rules. Only for our protection. His rules are a guide for a good life and his protection. So, you know, he heeds warning and he gives us advice and he gives us love songs. You know, there's everything in his book. So in order for you to get out of this fantasy thinking, you've got to want to be out of this fantasy thinking. Satan is going to try to pull you deeper and deeper and deeper. And before you know it, it's not just going to be an emotional affair. It's not just going to be fantasy thinking. Um, That means uh, your fantasy thinking means it's not even real. It's not even real. He's got you so far into this fantasy and you are thinking about other things. Um, than what you ever would ever think of um, godly. And for me, it wasn't um, no sexual fantasy for me. It was intellectual. I was missing. Women miss intellectually what their man is not able to give intellectually. And men are usually more sexual beings. And they're, they're usually go after that. And women look for, you know, intellectual and so um, God said no but I was still stuck in the fantasy and this went on for probably about three years close to two or three two and a half years and you know how do you get out of that how do you get out of that the trick from the devil you know he just sucks you in for more and more at this time now you're looking at horoscopes and the horoscopes are feeding you and feeding the fantasy and Satan is trying to give you exactly what you you're looking for in your fantasy and it's totally all against God but you're just getting deeper and deeper so you have the fantasy you have the emotional affair and now you are toying with witchcraft you know when God says no we need to listen and I love God enough to listen You know, I loved him and respected him and said, okay, God, whatever you want, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And, um, so how do you get out of this fantasy? Okay. So you've got to want to, you've got to stop looking at pictures. You've got to get off of their Facebook or Instagram or social media, whatever you're looking at. It's got to go. You got to try to fix your eyes back on your spouse, even if it's not the greatest situation, Um, Do a lot of self-care. I did a lot of self-care. And when you start doing self-care, you're going to realize that you're just as big as uh, of the problem as the person. You know, it takes two. That is the biggest truth in everything. And you're going to grow and you're going to start making changes. But you've got to do the self-work. Self-work. Stay in your own circle. Stay in your own lane pray about everything under the sun and ask God for his guidance and his will for you exercise eat well take care of your body Um, when you do all of these things and you're doing the self-work and then you're also nourishing your body like you're supposed to and you're having your praise and worship and you're going to church every time the doors open and you're feeding your spirit um, you're going to start seeing miraculous things things happen and I got to a point in a stage where I'm like okay 
Nobody's responsible for making me happy. Like nobody's responsible for that. Like God did not say, okay, I'm giving you this person, but you are in charge of making this person happy. No, we have happiness comes from within. And no matter what is going on with another person, no matter what is going on with another person, um, their job and their mission in life is not to just please you and make you happy. Um, and so we have to work at that. And so I did the work. I went to church, uh, faithfully and I went to a marriage counselor by myself. He would not even go to a marriage counselor. He said, your heart is not here anymore. I'm not the one with the problem. You're the one with the problem. So I went to the uh, Christian marriage counselor and I poured my eyes out and cried my eyes out. And, you know, I was really fighting hard for my marriage. And although my husband thought that I was ready to leave him, he did not know that I was fighting with everything in me to keep him and to hold us together. But it appeared one way. And that's another thing. The devil will give you a fantasy of making things appear like you might think that they're really going one way with someone else, but it couldn't be no further from the truth. And someone may be really, really struggling and they may be really, really working hard at saving the marriage, but Satan may be picturing, uh, giving you this scenario to picture in your mind, once again, fantasy, <laughs> to make you think that the person no longer loves you, no longer cares for you, because that's what, what he did to me. He doesn't love you. He doesn't care for you. He doesn't want to spend time with you. He's always rejecting you. There's no hugs anymore. There's no, it's just like snappy, snappy, talking down at you, talking at you, not talking to you. And you may think this person just cannot stand you anymore and that you're really in something that you don't want to be any part of anymore. And it's probably no further from the truth. And I even told myself, we hurt the ones we love the most. We hurt the ones we love the most. And I played that over and over in my mind. But I look up at the sky, look up towards the heavens. And I said all the time, God, I want to do what your will is for me. And I will keep your commandments and I will do exactly what you want me to do. Even if it's not really what I want, I know that you can make the best decisions for me. And so that's what held me strong. That's what held me strong. So, um, So I broke away from social media, stopped looking at pictures. I mean, I'm still on social media, but not, not tapping into any pictures, not tapping into looking, you know, at his life and, and what's going on and playing the what ifs and playing the fantasy. I'm done, like done. Like my eyes and my focus is on my marriage. I am stuck in this fantasy and I am out of this fantasy. Satan, you have tormented me enough. (laughs) Not that I want to give him credit because he's really not the brightest being, whatever he is, uh, however you say whatever he is, um, because he's played the same thing over and over again ever since the Garden of Eden. He has the same tactics. He has that fantasy mindset that he wants to put instill in us to 
make us believe this fantasy and so we can be stuck in this fantasy and not be in the moment and not be working on problems or issues or like um, not be present just like I said before so I'm out of the fantasy and things are getting you know um, better with my marriage and um, my husband's you know was very kind and still you know there's there was just this point inside me where I'm just like you know you still feel like unhappy and maybe it was just too much trauma maybe it was just the stress of life and everything that we had been through and it's just like this girl never caught a break emotionally or mentally with all of the things that I was juggling in life for other people and I am a giver I wasn't a taker and so I was leaving nothing left for me and then, you know, I took charge and found my health and started exercising, setting great boundaries, having that circle with me and God and me going to God and asking him uh, every little thing for guidance that was going on in my life at the time. And then I was practicing staying in my own lane because I didn't realize how much I was getting out of my own lane. You know, another thing that really helped me um, and it all goes back to being in your own lane, but I was super helpful to, to everybody. But by being overly helpful to everybody and fixing everybody else's problems and being there for everybody else, it doesn't allow them to grow in the Lord because you're kind of trying to play God a little bit. You're trying to make everything great for them. But um, you can't always do that. And, and people sometimes have to go through things like I did, like because I'm talking about this right now so we can grow so we can be what God wants us to be and grow through it and and he'll change us internally and um we'll end up being um or going in the direction that he was pushing us to go into and sometimes we have to have things like this happen uh to get that to that point in life so with that unhappiness that I still felt one day I was in the car and I just I just shouted out to God. I said, God, you don't, I don't have to tell you how I feel because you know everything about me. But, and I started naming off all these things. At this age in life, I need this, 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 and a man. God, if it even exists, you know, I know you will show me. But God, I will do whatever you want me to do and I will stick for your will for me. And it did not take long. Once you put the fantasy down and you ask God to help you and you tell him the desires of your heart and what you're looking for and what you need at this stage in life, you know, um, if you don't ask, you can't receive. And so I put it out there on the table and I had a talk with God. I told him what I needed. And then my husband started becoming everything that I told God that I needed at this stage in my life. And things started moving. And instead of being talked at or down to, he was talking to me and even asking me what I thought before it was his way or the highway. Now he goes, I want to hear what you have to say. Um, we went to a restaurant recently and he whispered in my ear, he said, I'm so into you. 
and then he put he was sitting next to me we were waiting on the bench waiting for our table and he like slid me closer to him grabbed my waist and kind of pulled me closer to him and I think he said something like I am obsessed (laughs) and those are the little things that were no longer happening in my marriage but it can so if you think for one minute things can't change you know it may take a while it may take a journey and I want to say be careful what you ask for because you just might get it all (laughs) and at first I wasn't sure how to take it and then I recognized everything as a blessing because they were things that I asked for so um this really works I just want to encourage you today to follow God's will for you. Um, Marriage is such a sacred thing. Um, You know it's sacred when he uh, says, let no man take away what God has put together. Um, The bride and the groom become one. And one day there's going to be a final wedding. And you know if he describes us meeting up with him as a wedding, we are the bride, he is the groom. You know it's special. And so marriage is serious. Marriage is serious. And I do want to say one other thing. You know, if you're being hurt or beat up on or, um, you know, it says in the Bible that, you know, if someone has committed adultery, then you have excuse. You have an excuse to, to leave your marriage if you don't want to work on it. God doesn't want us to sit in that. And, you know, if... Uh, someone cheats on someone um, you wouldn't have any trust in them anymore and um, you, you know uh, it could be a challenge but he doesn't want you to have to sit in that he doesn't expect you to sit in that you know um, and definitely if you are being abused or beat up on and you're in a marriage and even especially if you have children God doesn't want you to sit in that and he doesn't want those babies harmed you know this isn't what I'm talking about I'm talking about two people who seem like they have drifted apart or life has just come against you and it's not um you know this isn't a world of uh you know it's it's kind of like this you know God tells us to fast and pray <laughs> And the world offers us fast food. It's like everything that God has for us, the devil has a totally opposite. God's, everything that God has for us is for joy and for us to be uh, abundantly um, happy and thriving. And the devil wants to rob, kill, and destroy with his fast food. (laughs) So, you know, God says fast and pray. The devil says, come take a bite of this fast food. And you don't want to move fast. So many times, so many marriages can be resolved. And, you know, I even went out as far as asking some of my friends, like, who didn't make it in their marriage, who remarried. And they're like, don't do it. Especially how long you have been together. You will be stuck the rest of your life. You may be in a fantasy for something else right now, but when you move on and you go to that other person, you have the same set of issues because you're still there. (laughs) So your issues go with you. And then you also, um, you're, you become stuck in a fantasy of, oh, well, what is my ex-husband doing? I really miss him. I've been with him for 30 years. 
that's over you know that's all my life practically <laughs> most of my life I'm 50 years old um so you'd be stuck in a fantasy and you could never find happiness and so you know we have to really think about all these things and you know the grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence sometimes we just have to work hard and we pray I prayed for my angels I prayed that my angels would fight hard for me in heaven I prayed um, that God would help me and um, you know you just you got to have prayer over this you have to be a prayer warrior you have to be willing to do the work and change the things in you that are not working <laughs> you know if it's not working for you it is working against you and you have to figure out and work out um, and a lot of times you're gonna find out it's from it's from your it's going to stem from your inner child you know you got a lot of dealings with maybe you didn't have good examples of, of parents maybe they weren't good examples maybe you came from a broken marriage maybe you've never seen what a loving healthy marriage has been you know and in our case we both came from uh divorced families and they both uh, his mother and my mother both had, we both had stepdads and they, they had second sets of children. So we both, you know, that was the card that was dealt out to us. You know, uh, we were so young. I married him two weeks before I graduated. And, um, so I was 18 and he was like 21. <laughs> and so anyway, um, I have to tell you, I knew that I was supposed to do this podcast (laughs) because um, I told them that I felt led to, um, and people were asking for me to do a a podcast on this. And he was like, oh, great. You're about to plaster our business all over the place. He got angry in his spirit for a couple of days (laughs) and he got mad at me one day and I was getting out of the car and he said, put that on your podcast. And when he did... As my back was turned to him before I shut the car door because he was still in the car, I was smiling and almost laughing. Not laughing out of disrespect for him, but laughing because I could totally recognize now the snare and of Satan and what he was trying to do. And Satan does not want me to tell you all um, what to work on and what to be careful of and what to look for. Um, open your eyes and try to be aware that there is a deceiver out there. There is so much deception and there is fantasy and he wants to paint the picture of unreal to be real. And then, so, okay, let me just say this and then I'm going to end this podcast because it's about to, it's going a little over 30 minutes. Um, and I hope I haven't lost all of y'all, but you know, I want to paint the scenario for you. Had I left my marriage, I probably would not even be with the person who was in my fantasy. Um, Like I said, it wasn't a sexual fantasy. It was an intellectual fantasy that ended up being a, um, an emotional affair. So, and God says, if you've done it in your heart, you've done it right. So I had to ask for forgiveness for this. But then I was driving down the road just recently and I was like, oh, because I know other women who are not even married, but who have fallen short with 
boyfriends who promised to marry them and then they got stuck in this intimate relationship and then the boyfriend backed out you know they kind of already got what they wanted and they just moved on whether they're narcissists or whatever they are you know God tells us these things to keep us from being hurt but I'm going down the road and I was thinking, wow, I'm glad I never got intimate with this person because this emotional affair, and remember, it was an intellectual uh, thing, this emotional affair that I've let myself get into and this fantasy thinking has been so hard. I could not imagine how hard this would have been if I would have got intimate with this person and all of a sudden I get the words while I'm driving down the road and this is three years later I get the words you defiled your marriage I'm like what it's like you're not so innocent <laughs> you defiled your marriage and so I'm like I'm sorry God I'm sorry I get home I go to Google of course I want to look up every single definition of defiled and of course, the word defiled means that I brought untrust to my marriage. And that broke my heart because I've worked so hard on my marriage. I've truly never looked at anyone else. He's truly the only one that I've ever been with. He is the only man that has ever been in intimate in my life. And um, so that wasn't easy. So anyway, so what I wanted to share this, uh, I just wanted to share because, um, you know, I, I wanted to kick myself like, Shelly, how could you let this happen? You're smarter than this. You know, the snares, you know, he wants to rob, kill and destroy. He wants to destroy your relationships. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to rob you of what God wants to give you a life of abundance and joy and he comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And so, thank goodness I fought hard. I know I can be forgiven for all of this. I have been forgiven. I've asked for forgiveness. Um, and you know, I need to ask my husband to forgive me. I hate to bring it back up because we've had so much healing, but he doesn't know what God has told me about defiling the marriage. But it's just going to bring more healing to the marriage when I apologize to him for it. And I have to recognize and I have to apologize for it because God showed me um, what I had done. And so not only do I need to apologize to God, which I have, but I need to apologize. That's one thing lacking. I need just need to find the right time and God will show me and lead me to apologize to my husband and ask him to forgive me for bringing any untrust to our marriage. So... This is, uh, I'm, I'm going to leave this at part one. Any of you all who want to uh, listen, anyone who listens to this, and if it's been helpful, uh, message me, look me up on Instagram, Not Afraid of 50. You can look at my health journey. Uh, but if you want to message me and you want me to uh, do another podcast on this, I labeled it part one because I have a feeling 
that there's going to be a part two. And if anyone has like any struggles, specific struggles that you'd like me to speak on, um, 32 years is a long time. (laughs) Uh, But even though it was long and it was stale and it was boring and it was upsetting and my energy was being robbed from me daily, it can also, you know, when you let God uh, take care of things and you listen, it can be vibrant. It could have a lot of energy. It could be flirtatious. It could be fresh and it could be new again. So that's what I want to leave you with. You know, you're no matter where you're at right now, don't think that that's where it will always be. Just do the work. Stay in your circle. Pray to God. You know, we went from a lot of y'all don't know, but I made it on the cover of a magazine and I was on a a major talk show over my weight loss and he was ignoring me, like ignoring me. (laughs) I would come out and all the world was telling me how great I looked and everything and I would come out and I would have this outfit on and I would say, how do I look? Well, somebody might want to tell you you look pretty if you wouldn't ask. (laughs) That's what I got. I would just walk out of the room and go in the other room uh, and um, I wouldn't cry, but it did it made my heart sad because I I really only wanted him to tell me how good I looked you know it didn't matter that the rest of the world was telling me how great I looked after my health transformation and now we've gone from that to I barely get my foot out my bedroom door and he'll he'll look at me and he'll say beautiful gorgeous he recognizes when something's new and when something's old now We were swimming one day and I come out of the restroom after taking my bathing suit off and I had this little short set on and he was like, oh, great short, uh, gray shorts with uh, uh, beige um, cream colored fringe. He goes, oh, you look nice. I mean, he's paying attention to detail and he's talking about it and, you know, he's. I don't know. He's totally changed. Like everything that I asked for that I needed at this stage in life, you know, 50 and fixing to be in menopause and knowing that, (laughs) knowing that you got maybe 10 more years to, to really just, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Priss around and, 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 and feel young. I don't know. I'm going to still feel young when I'm 70 or 80, but you know, 50 years, you know you're about to go in another direction. I mean, you can't keep going. Well, yeah, you can if you eat like I do. But I'm just saying, you know, to still feel young with your remarks and acts of kindness and people giving you compliments and it, and, and it coming from your spouse, that's what you need. That That's intellect. That's part of the intellectual, being kind, being patient, telling someone that you love them being flirty, acting like you want to be in the room with them instead of acting like you want to kill them. (laughs) And, um, that's what I was missing. And now that's now it's the opposite, you know, because now I have it and you can have that again and it can be fresh and it can be new. So don't give up on it and send me comments because I would love to do a part two on any of your comments or anything that you're struggling with in your marriage that you might need to hear on a podcast to help see you through. I would love to help y'all in any way I can. 30, like I said, 32 years is a long time. And uh, a lot of people, unfortunately, um, over smaller things than what I went through, just don't make it because they're not fasting and praying. They're, they're looking for a fast way out and the devil offers fast food 
and um, it's so sad. But tune in to the next Not Afraid of 50 podcast, and um, I'll be praying for you, and I hope that you're working hard on yourself and your marriage, and just know that there's a lot of hope and to follow God's will and stay in prayer and do the self-work and God will fight for you. Talk soon. I'm going down the road and I was thinking, wow, I'm glad I never got intimate with this person because this emotional affair... And remember, it was an intellectual uh, thing, this emotional affair that I've let myself get into. And this fantasy thinking has been so hard. I could not imagine how hard this would have been if I would have got intimate with this person. And all of a sudden, I get the words while I'm driving down the road. And this is three years later. I get the words, you defiled your marriage. I'm like, what? He's like, you're not so innocent. (laughs) You defiled your marriage. And so I'm like, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. I get home. I go to Google. Of course, I want to look up every single definition of defiled. And of course, the word defiled means that I brought untrust to my marriage. And that broke my heart because I've worked so hard on my marriage. I've truly never looked at anyone else. He's truly the only one that I've ever been with. He is the only man that has ever been in intimate in my life. And um, so that wasn't easy. So anyway, so what I wanted to share this, uh, I just wanted to share because... Uh, you know, I I wanted to kick myself. Like, Shelly, how could you let this happen? You're smarter than this. You know, the snares. You know, he wants to rob, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy your relationships. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to rob you of what God wants to give you. A life of abundance and joy. And he comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And so... Thank goodness I fought hard. I know I can be forgiven for all of this. I have been forgiven. I've asked for forgiveness. Um, And you know, I need to ask my husband to forgive me. I hate to bring it back up because we've had so much healing, but he doesn't know what God has told me about defiling the marriage. But it's just going to bring more healing to the marriage when I apologize to him for it. And I have to recognize and I have to apologize for it because God showed me Um, what I had done and so not only do I need to apologize to God which I have but I need to apologize that's one thing lacking I need just need to find the right time and God will show me and lead me to apologize to my husband and ask him to forgive me for bringing any untrust to our marriage so this is uh, I'm, I'm going to leave this at part one. Any of you all who want to uh, listen, anyone who listens to this and if it's been helpful, uh, message me, look me up on Instagram, not afraid of 50. You can look at my health journey. Uh, but if you want to message me and you want me to uh, 
do another podcast on this. I labeled it part one because I have a feeling that there's going to be a part two. And if anyone has like any struggles, specific struggles that you'd like me to speak on, um, 32 years is a long time. (laughs) Oh, but even though it was long and it was stale and it was boring and it was upsetting and my energy was being robbed from me daily, it can also, you know, when you let God uh, take care of things and you listen, it can be vibrant. It could have a lot of energy. It could be flirtatious. It could be fresh and it could be new again. So that's what I want to leave you with. You know, you're no matter where you're at right now, don't think that that's where it will always be. Just do the work. Stay in your circle. Pray to God. You know, we went from a lot of y'all don't know, but I made it on the cover of a magazine and I was on a, a major talk show over my weight loss. And he was ignoring me, like ignoring me. I would come out and all the world was telling me how great I looked and everything. And I would come out and I would have this outfit on. I would say, how do I look? Well, somebody might want to tell you you look pretty if you wouldn't ask. (laughs) That's what I got. I would just walk out of the room and go in the other room. uh, And um, I wouldn't cry, but it did. It made my heart sad because I I really only wanted him to tell me how good I looked, you know. It didn't matter that the rest of the world was telling me how great I looked after my health transformation. And now we've gone from that to I barely get my foot out my bedroom door. And he'll he'll look at me and he'll say, beautiful, gorgeous. He recognizes when something's new and when something's old now. We were swimming one day and I come out of the restroom after taking my bathing suit off and I had this little short set on. And he was like, oh, great short, uh, gray shorts with uh, uh, beige um, cream-colored fringe. He goes, oh, you look nice. I mean, he's paying attention to detail, and he's talking about it. And, you know, he's, I don't know, it's, he's totally changed. Like, everything that I asked for that I needed at this stage in life, you know, 50 and fixing to be in menopause and knowing that... <laughs> Knowing that you got maybe 10 more years to to really just, I don't know, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, press around and and and, and feel young. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to still feel young when I'm 70 or 80. But, you know, 50 years, you know you're about to go in another direction. I mean, you can't keep going. Well, yeah, you can if you eat like I do. But I'm just saying, you know, to still feel young with your remarks and acts of kindness and people giving you compliments and it in and it coming from your spouse that's what you need that that's intellect that's part of the intellectual being kind being patient telling someone that you love them being flirty acting like you want to be in the room with them instead of acting like you want to kill them (laughs) and um that's what I was missing and now that's now it's the opposite you know because now I have it and you can have that again and it can be fresh and it can be new so don't give up on it and send me comments because I would love to do a part two on any of your comments or anything that you're struggling with in your marriage that you might need to hear on a podcast to help see you through I would love to help y'all in any way I can 30 like I said 32 years is a long time And uh, a lot of people, unfortunately, 
um, over smaller things than what I went through just don't make it because they're not fasting and praying. They're they're looking for a fast way out and the devil offers fast food and um, it's so sad. But tune in to the next Not Afraid of 50 podcast and um, I'll be praying for you and I hope that you're working hard on yourself and your marriage and just know that there's a lot of hope and to follow God's will and stay in prayer and do the self-work and God will fight for you. Talk soon.